0: Hi, friends. Welcome to The Faithful Podcast, stories of people who walked by faith and gained a fuller understanding of the faithfulness of God. I'm your host, Stephanie Baker. My guest today is Kathy Gorman. Kathy is a dear friend of my family that I've known for basically my whole life. She exudes joy, but don't let that joy fool you into thinking that her life has been sunshine and roses. Kathy has walked a hard road filled with the loss of family members, moves across the country, and years of cancer treatment. But still, she praises the Lord. She knows that this life is temporary and that she is living for what is eternal. So without further delay, here is my interview with Kathy Gorman. much for joining me today, Kathy. I am excited as I can
1: be to be here with you, Stephanie.
0: Oh, it has been too long since I've seen you and seen your family, too. Um, I'm just so happy that you were able to take time out and come down and uh, hang out with me and just share a little bit about what you've seen God do in your life. Amen. Well, yeah. it's my pleasure, and
1: thank you for giving me this honor. I'm oh, very pleased and excited. It's it's
0: all my honor, for sure. It um, For those that are listening, Kathy is a dear friend of my family, someone I have known. I, I'm believe my whole life, yes, I'm sure. Yeah. Right. Yes, <laughs> yep. And um and so I'm I'm just thrilled for you to share. So Kathy, for those that don't know you, tell us a little bit about yourself and maybe what's been going mm-hmm. on in your life lately and okay. with your family.
1: Uh well I am a seventy four pushing seventy five year old great grandma. Wow. Absolutely captured by God's amazing grace. Mm. I am Thankful beyond words that I get to still be alive and to just see God work every day. Mm. Uh, I was born in Houston. I'm the middle child of three children and between two brothers and probably my parents' favorite. (laughs) <laughs> and as my brothers would call me the little princess, because, you know, what else would fit for me? <laughs> so I was blessed with a godly mother and daddy that mm-hmm. uh, loved the three of us and put us first, God first, and then us, our family. Mm-hmm. And it's always amazing to me when I think of God being Adonai, being mm-hmm. majestic God of the universe. And here he allowed me to be born to my mom and dad mm. and in the city of Houston, free, a free nation. Mm-hmm. You know, what if I'd been born back in the 1600s? Oh, my life. Yeah. It would have been so awful. <laughs> but I, would, I just feel like that God just, true. I know He orchestrated our family. Mm-hmm. And the blessings I have from my childhood were just, are just absolutely phenomenal. Mm-hmm. My parents were active in the church, so we were very... Active, yeah. maybe willingly and maybe not. I remember there were a time or two my brothers and I would ask mom and dad, uh, Do we get a vacation from church? Because you know, it was <laughs> back in those days, now this was uh, in the, the late 40s, mm-hmm. um, families, you know. Church really was their life. We mm-hmm. were there from Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. And yeah. when back in those days, we had revivals mm-hmm. that would go on for maybe two weeks, maybe three. And, you know, we were there every night. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so that's the question. But mm-hmm. I just remember having such an awesome childhood and a supportive parents and brothers. Yeah. So I feel very humbly blessed by yeah. that.
0: Well, you talk about being raised in the church. Tell me a little bit about how you came to know Jesus. That is
1: a two-part journey. Okay, I uh, probably I think I was between seven and eight. I'm going to say on the high end, eight. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had a phenomenal Sunday school teacher, and this particular Sunday. How in the world she gathered our attention talking about heaven and our eternal security. Mm-hmm. That's my prayer time for I'm sorry.
0: No, you're good. You're good. My phone is off. <laughs> you're uh, fine. Oh well, that's good. <laughs> so uh
1: I I have a prayer group that we pray with daily at 209. Oh. So uh in you know, we just set our alarms and we pray. And so, oh, that's awesome. So for that interruption, I apologize. Mm-hmm. So uh, my Sunday school teacher got my attention by saying that we wanted to be sure we knew that when we died, we were going to heaven and, sh- and then explain the plan of salvation in the basic elementary terms for an eight-year-old to understand. But what gathered my attention was, she said hell had no exits, so we had to know for sure. Mm. And that bothered me. Mm-hmm. It, and so that Sunday, we had Sunday school, then church, mm-hmm. and we sat together as a family. And at the end of that service, I told my mom and dad I wanted to, you know, go down and accept Jesus. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, we, they were unprepared. We hadn't had a lot of discussion about that yeah. one-on-one. And they said, well, we just, let's go home and let's talk about it and be sure you understand. I said, Mm -hmm. I'm going now. And in those days, my parents sat midway to the back, you know, Mm -hmm. and it was a long church aisle. And next thing they knew, I had turned myself around and I was running down the church aisle. Wow. And. I didn't know what I was doing. And I said, they asked me, uh, I said, I didn't want to go to hell, and I wanted Jesus to come into my heart. And so that perpetrated a visit from our pastor two days later. So Mm. on Tuesday, he came to explain to me the the seriousness of the decision I was making to see if I really understood. Basically, I believe in hindsight, I understood sin. And I needed not to sin. And, you know, I think it was more of a works thing that I had for, for as much as I could understand. But I was baptized. And as far as I knew, I understood that I had asked Jesus to come into my heart and be mm-hmm. my Savior. And that was basically it. And so life just kind of traversed on until uh, when we were young parents, uh In the late 70s, we had a phenomenal—at this day and time, he was still an evangelist. Mm -hmm. Hal Lindsey was at our church for Mm -hmm. uh, a revival, and uh, Dr. Harlan Caton was our pastor. Mm -hmm. And he had given a phenomenal message on salvation, but also he went into great detail about the lordship— of the Lord. Mm. And I recognized that I had a heart knowledge of knowing Jesus, but I had not surrendered the steering wheel of my life. Mm. And so that is when I, again, back in the 70s, we still walked the aisle. Yeah. So I walked down the aisle. Yeah. And, and I remember thinking, well, I know people are going to think, well, she's. I thought she was already saved. Tom's a deacon and, you Mm -hmm. know, all of this. And I'm thinking, Lord, I know this is what I'm supposed to do. Don't Mm -hmm. let me think about what other people are saying or thinking if they see me going down. Well, lo and behold, there were many of us. You know, by the time I opened my eyes, the whole row was filled up. So that particular message convicted many of us. Mm -hmm. But that was a distinctive turning point in my life that I recognized that, you know, not only was it heartfelt, but it was a yielding in my mm. surrender to Him. So that was in my late 20s.
0: Wow. <laughs> a long <awesome>. time. <laughs> and so you mentioned um, your husband, Tom. Huh? Yes. So yes. tell me about how you guys met.
1: Oh, that's a beautiful story. Mm-hmm. I had gone to community college uh, after uh, high school, and after two years, I really— Begged my parents because I was still living at home. I was mm-hmm. just spoiled, and I yeah. lived at home, and that was kind of the norm for that day. Mm-hmm. And I asked them, "Can I please not go back to school? I just wanted to go to work. Can yeah. I just see what it's like to go to work? And if yeah. I didn't like it, I'd go back to school." Mm-hmm. And so my dad was—he uh, was in administration at Shell Oil Company at the refinery in Pasadena, and he said. Well, it's really not what I want for you, but you know we're going to give you this opportunity. And he mm-hmm. said, "I am going to uh, see about giving you this opportunity, and but if you get it, then it's you're on your own. You're going to have to prove yourself." Mm. So uh, my dad made a couple of calls, and of course, you know it was it was kind of easy to get walk in and get a job. Yeah, but the catch was I started at the very bottom, mm-hmm. and. Uh, that meant I was a mail girl okay. and in the mail room. Now, Shell occupied seven floors of this uh, office building in mm-hmm. town. And so I had the top three floors. And I had a mail cart. We would sort the mail, and the mail for my floors would go in my buggy, and we would just push my buggy and go deliver my mail. Mm -hmm. It was a wonderful way to meet people. (laughs) And I had met Tom uh, in the hall. You know, we'd uh, exchange pleasantries, but, you know, if I was really focused on being a good mail girl because I wanted to go to the next step. Yeah. And so, one particular day, I, I had delivered my mail on his floor to the admins and came out and my mail buggy was gone. And I panicked and I oh. thought, oh my gosh, you know... What happened to my mail cart? (laughs) And Tom was down at the end of the hall with a couple of others, you know, and they just thought it was so funny, and I was panicking, and these big old crocodile tears started coming down, because I thought I'd get fired, because I lost my mail cart, (laughs) and they had, you know, thought it would be fun to play a prank on me, and so it was, they had placed it on the elevator to the next floor that I was at, and they had somebody standing there, of course, guarding it, but... So that kind of jump-started our getting to know each other a little <laughs> bit more. And then Tom was always uh, funny and liked to play lots of jokes on me, and it got yeah. to be something I enjoyed and looked forward to. Mm-hmm. And so as time went on, we started dating, and you know then we just fell in love. And it yeah. didn't take us all that long. I think that when you know in your heart, in your deep knower, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter whether it's been a year or two years or more, you mm-hmm. know, you know. And so uh, he asked me to marry him, and my dad and mother were precious. My dad said till the day he died that if he had looked the world over, he couldn't have found a better man for his daughter. Mm-hmm. And find you, I was a very spoiled daddy's girl, <laughs> and for him to say that was quite an honor. But... Um, The main thing Tom and I had to work out is he came from a devout Catholic family, Mm. and I was a devout Baptist. (laughs) And so my dad and mother guided us and said, you know, it would be very wise for us to be joined together in agreement. And they weren't going to insist that we become Baptists together, but that we'd be we entertained visiting other denominations and finding one we could be mm-hmm. grounded together in. We didn't need to have one this and one that. Yeah. And so Tom so graciously consented to that, and we visited very many different churches in mm-hmm. Houston. And there was always a question with one or, you know, whichever one, and, and uh, I enjoyed the Catholic Church, but I didn't understand. I couldn't always get the dots straight, you know. Oh, and crossing would, yourself. Yeah, yeah <laughs> I couldn't always get that straight. And back still at that time, the part of the uh, service, I guess it's a message that the priest, uh, mm-hmm. some of it was still done. In a foreign language. Oh, in Latin? Yes. Okay. And I couldn't understand that. Yeah. And then once or twice, I kind of slipped off the knee. You have to pull these benches out. And my knee would slip off, and Tom would catch me. And I said, I'm sorry, but I'm trying. And I think he had so much compassion
0: that I was willing. I bet you were pretty entertaining to watch. Well, I think I was.
1: There was I, I, I've been told that so I uh, so I think Tom, in his wisdom, recognized that she loves me enough to try this, but you know we need to figure this out, yeah, so uh, we uh we had progressed enough along to where we went for premarital counseling, and he fell in love, he had already been visiting. Uh, the church, my home church mm-hmm. with us prior to us trying to see if we could find it, if we wanted to start off green in another denomination. And mm-hmm. during our marital counseling, he really fell in love with our pastor that married us. Mm-hmm. And he started asking questions there. And so then, uh, Brother Whedon laid out the plan of salvation, which we had already to mm-hmm. Tom, but uh, he did, and Tom received it. And mm-hmm. he said, you know, before we go any further, I think that this is where we need to be. Kathy, you're grounded. Mm-hmm. And where I'm lacking, I feel God will give you the wisdom to guide and direct me and your family to support me. Mm-hmm. Little did we know, once he came a Baptist, he made a much better Baptist than I ever dreamed about being. <laughs> he was sold out yeah. completely. And the beautiful thing, Stephanie, is... Uh, Later on in life, Tom was able to share the plan of salvation to his mother, Mm. and we saw her come to know the Lord. So when the Lord promoted her, Mm. we knew that Tom would see her again. Mm. Now, his father was... Had died before I had come into the picture mm-hmm. about a year earlier, mm-hmm. so I never met his father. Yeah. And so, you know, we hope that he knows the Lord, yeah. but Tom never had that assurance of knowing right. that. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that we met. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I chase rabbits. I don't mean no, to you're good, you're good, and you're so, good. And so, we met at Shell and and, question.
0: <laughs> and you No, yeah so so tell me about uh those early years of marriage or okay. you know you so you decided to you know we, he decided we, to come to your church yes. and y'all got married and. yes
1: we did and uh after we married uh we bought a townhouse in southwest Houston uh a leaf to be exact mm-hmm. it it's the name of the little town and it was very young and growing at that time and so we plugged into our little uh, uh, church, Baptist church, which was in our community, mm-hmm. and uh, served the Lord there, and that's all we needed to do was to serve the Lord. That was my whole life, mm-hmm. and and Tom readily picked up on that and agreed to that. So we started teaching youth. And we were youth; <laughs> we, yeah. we weren't that old, and so. But there was a need for that, and so we grew there. And then the Lord moved us; uh, rebuilt our home in in out north. Mm-hmm. And so we started going to Spring Baptist, and we plugged in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Lord blessed us with three beautiful children, and we just, mm-hmm. you know, we just were plugged in. Life was going along good. Yeah. And uh, in two thousand and uh, let's see. It was 1984, I think. Mm -hmm. Uh, Tom's job was in Houston with Occidental, and um, he was always in IT and natural oil and gas Mm -hmm. business. And um, they were closing the office, but they invited 45 people from that office to transfer to California. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, when we got married, it's interesting that, In those days, you didn't really write your new, your, your nap, the words you wanted in your wedding. You didn't Mm -hmm. typically do that. But I was convicted in my heart, and I don't know if because I just love the story of Ruth. Yeah. And I love that book, and I love Esther, two of my most favorite books. Mm -hmm. But, the passage of Ruth one sixteen, you know, where you lodge, I will lodge. Uh, where you go, I will go. Your people will be my people. Mm-hmm. That was so special to me. And I asked uh, uh, Brother Wheaton if he would incorporate that into our wedding. Mm-hmm. He said, well, I don't typically do that, but if it means that much to you, I'll be happy to. Yeah. And so he did. so, you know. That was in there. So, but for all these years, you know, 69 to 84, you know, things, we were just happy in Houston and mm-hmm. serving the Lord. And then we came with the opportunity to move to California. Well, we like to eat and we like to have a roof over our head. So we took the move. <laughs> Well, then I found out that I was a shy person. Mm. I was safe in Houston all my life. I had friends that, by default, whether they wanted to like me or not, (laughs) we went to church together or we went to school together. And, you know, it wasn't a real big effort to try to make friends. And so when we moved to California, it was like, these people don't like me.
0: <laughs> but, well, there's know, a pretty big, big difference in the the culture oh my gosh. of Did we California. Jump from the it
1: to the frying pan, but you know, Lord, the Lord was in every step of it, and He saved His house for us. And the church, uh, we like to say, I like to tease and say that Tom interviewed the pastor. It was just hard to find a good Southern Baptist church. Mm-hmm. And we uh, we moved to uh, outside of Los Angeles to an area called. Westlake Village, and okay. it was an upgrowing, coming community, very good. And this church that we went to was just, you know, just miles from the house and we loved it, and once we they got to know us, having the three children, I got to have friends through the children, okay. so that was good, and then mm-hmm. I was able to get braver and made more friends, so the Lord brought me out of the shell that I didn't even know I was in, Yeah. so the good, and you know, we have a motto, a verse in our family, Genesis 50-20, with enemy meant for harm, God's going to use some yep. good, and so the good that came out of this is, I had a car with the car tag, Texas car tag in it that said TX lady. Well, we knew that meant Texas lady. Well, those people thought I was a tax lady, and I thought, oh, I and if I'm going to tell them I'm not. <laughs> I, was, I, I was making friends. <laughs> but, you know, as... I didn't let that go on. I had to yeah. admit that, you know, a, you know, it's a yellow car, yellow rose, and, you know, it's Texas That's lady. pretty cute. And so, uh, but we just saw God moving in our life there. Mm-hmm. So that was the beginning of what would later be 16 moves.
0: Yeah, I remember and you guys moving yes, we so moved, many different yes. times.
1: And you know, people said, "Well, y'all in the military," and we just kept saying, "No, we just like to eat, and we just like to have a roof <laughs> over our head." And so, uh, that we just we just go where we feel God tells us to go. Mm-hmm. So that that was coming to my mind. Thank you, God, that mm-hmm. you impressed on my heart, Ruth 116. And I didn't really mean that you were going to take me. Take to- me all Maxwell, over. It. But, you know, thank you that you have been giving me these life experiences. Mm-hmm. So
0: That's good. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. So um, you, uh, you know, years into your marriage, uh-huh. um, Tom got sick. Yes. So tell me, tell me a little bit about that.
1: Okay, Uh, Tom got sick in uh, 2005, but to back up a little bit before that, in 2000, in just 2000, Mm -hmm. we had. submitted to the Lord's leadership, and we uh, surrendered to the International Mission Board. Mm. So that began a two-year process. We were at the uh, Southwestern Seminary in Fort Worth. Mm-hmm. And it's as old as it ever was. Mm. You know, we thought they had maybe modernized it, but <laughs> it was still old back then. Yeah. But wonderful. Our counselors, our teachers, the people that were leading us through our steps to, for preparation for the mission board uh, were phenomenal. And we had wonderful studies. And we were two years into it, and it was time to liquidate and, and sell and so uh, we had a, a beautiful home God had saved for us there mm-hmm. that we thought would just probably be our final home. It was just a, it was just meant, It was just the right size and it was good for us. In fact, your dad came to see us there because mm-hmm. Global Vendor was we were doing Global Vendor then. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, not at two, not in two thousand, but a little after that. Mm-hmm. And so um, we sold a house. The Lord sold His house. In one day's time. Wow. The people that bought our home liked it so much, and it's only to God be the glory, they wanted everything we had that Mm. we were willing to let go of. Wow. They bought all of our furniture with the exception of two pieces that I like to call early matrimony pieces Mm. that had distinct meaning to Tom and I, the, uh, the anniversaries that we bought each piece at, and... I just remember every detail of it, and I cherish those. I have Mm -hmm. them still today. I'm so thankful those are the only two things we didn't sell, that we kept those. Wow. And so the people bought everything, like stock and barrel, except for our personal clothing and Mm -hmm. items. And so then uh, two weeks after that, and we hadn't closed on the house yet, but two weeks after that, it was time for us to go to, uh, I think it was uh, Richmond, Virginia, We had that's at that time, that's where they sent the candidates for the IMB to go have their physicals. Okay. And so, um, and it was three days of intense testing and wow. being probed and probed. And so we returned home from that, and we were continuing, you know, to... It was probably the easiest move we ever had because we had very little to move. Mm-hmm. And so we were getting things in order, and we got the results back. And we they told me that my cancer had returned. Mm. And I had been in remission for six and a half years. Mm-hmm. And my cancer started... Uh, From today, it was uh, 25 years ago when I started. And so then it went into remission. And so I was just in a very dark place, Stephanie. I Mm -hmm. was, uh, I'm going to tell you, I was mad. I was disappointed. I felt guilty that maybe I'm the one. Well, I was the cause of us not being able to go forward Mm -hmm. with the foreign mission. And um, also during this time, Tom had sold his businesses and so we were not employed, mm. so we didn't have insurance. And here oh I am sick. And I'm in hospital in Parkland in Dallas. Mm. And uh, I'm kind of scared and worried about, well, you know, this costs a lot of money. And I didn't really want to be sick, and I yeah. want to be on the foreign field. Yeah. And all this stuff you shared with me, I don't have. Mm. And so I mm-hmm. was mad, and I was really having a pity party and quite enjoying it. I mean, I think I even put up balloons and baked a cake. Who knows? But it was not, it was a hard time. Yeah. Well, uh, when Tom gets me out of the hospital, he brought me home to a wonderful little apartment and two bean bags, So we had something to sit on. <laughs> and he had purchased a bedroom suit, you know, Mm. a bed and a couple of nightstands for us. So he did all of that while I was in the hospital. So when Kay brought Kathy home, she would have something. Mm. And God just continued to build that. But during that dark time, I knew, even though it was lip service at that time, I knew I had to find my praise somewhere Mm. because uh, if I had always taught that to the youth that I taught, In my family, you have to praise the Lord at all times, whether it's good or bad. You know, when things are going good, it's so easy to raise those hands up and say, "Yay, God. But when the growth and the challenging steps come or when things don't go our way. Mm -hmm. And so Tom reminded me of that. And and I didn't like him. Reminded me of that. (laughs) And then I thought, well, you know, I am my own worst enemy. Mm -hmm. None of this is his fault. He's doing nothing but loving me unconditionally. Mm -hmm. And He reminded me that how much God loves us. And so, you know, there was a better reason for it. And what was our anchor verse? Mm -hmm. You know, God has something good to come out of this. We just need to hold on. And, you know, I always would say I'd reach up and touch the hem of his garment like Mm -hmm. the the lady that was uh, consumed with the issue of blood. She touched the hem of his garment. And God knew. Jesus knew the power left, and he turned around. And she was afraid to admit it. And then she did. And that's kind of where I was. I, I wanted to, but I was afraid to admit you were right.
0: Yeah.
1: And so God showed me Stephanie. Mm. God said, my dear child, I know your heart, but what I want is your obedience. Yeah. Your obedience. You said yes to me. That's what I needed. Mm. Your Yes. Because missions was always my heart. Yeah. Uh, I grew up in a church where we had some beans, and then I went, graduated to GAs, and then I graduated to YWAs. Uh-huh. You know, missions. Missions. Right. Mother was always involved with missions. And all of our work in all the different places we lived, uh, you know, came around mission work. Yeah. And so then the Lord reminded me, He said, your responsibility is to pray. And to support those that are on the mission field. In GAs, we used to call out the names of the missionaries in different places Mm -hmm. when it was their birthday, and we'd pray for them. Mm -hmm. And so I said, well, that is easy. I can do that. At that time, you know, we had Leanna and Allie. Yeah, On the way to Africa, Mm -hmm. I had two other couples that we had had in our youth group at Spring. One was in Indonesia, and another one was in another part of Africa, not Mozambique. Mm -hmm. And then we had uh, a couple of other uh, that were doing—one of them was Mercy Ship, and I think Leanna was on that as well. Mm -hmm. But we had youth that had touched our lives. And so the Lord made it clear to me that— they were his hands and feet, and I was their prayer support. And he could trust me with that because, actually, I don't think I told you, but 25 years ago, God led me into intercessory ministry, mm. and that is a deep calling, and it's it's not for the faint-hearted. Mm. <laughs> anyway, I, I'm chasing rabbits. So I'm telling you all of this to say that— um, in two thousand and three, by the time we were at this with my diagnosis, and then I recovered, and we moved back to Houston mm-hmm. in two thousand and five. And so, in May of two thousand and five, the Lord opened up a beautiful home in back in Auburn Lakes, not far from where we raised our children, mm-hmm. and uh, moved in the first day of May, the very last day of May. Tom went to see a specialist, uh, ear, nose, and throat. Mm-hmm. Um, he had a fever blister that just would not. he would had it for about a week and a half, it wasn't getting better. So his doctor said, you know, give me meds to treat this. Let's just, I want to just do a biopsy on it. Let's yeah. just biopsy it. Just be in and out. Won't take 40 minutes. So mm-hmm. we scheduled it over there at, at Red Oak. And the beautiful thing is um, your dad uh Nancy, Geneva, and Keith were there. Mm My co-workers from Global Vendor were there because we all thought we'd just be there 20, 30 minutes, well, 45 minutes max. Mm -hmm. And so they were there in support of me. Mm -hmm. And I look back and I say, God orchestrated that because, Mm -hmm. you know, the whole office to be there with me. Mm -hmm. And so we're there and the doctor said it'll be about 45 minutes. Well, in 10 minutes, they come out. The nurse comes out and gets me and says the doctor needs to talk to you. So they take me back to this little sterile room and the doctor comes in and he says, Miss Gorman, he said I, I want you to sit down. I want you to hear this. He said I am ninety nine point nine percent positive your son has your, your husband has uh, accelerated. Uh, basal cell carcinoma, oh. cancer of the neck and head. And I said, I don't think I understood anything you just said. And for the light came on. John's in the waiting room. John was my medical person, mm-hmm. my friend, my boss that would explain things mm-hmm. to me that I didn't understand. And so uh, I asked if they, if I could please ask him to come back, I needed another set of ears. And so he graciously came back, and uh, he was able to help me process it. Mm-hmm. I think I was in an initial shock, shock. Mm-hmm. state of disbelief. Mm-hmm. But Nancy, Bo reminded me, she said, when, when you came out and told us all that, you said, we're just going to praise the Lord anyway. Mm-hmm. And she said it stuck with her that I said that. And I said, I don't remember saying that. That had to been lip. <laughs> but, you know, that was part of my training and my teaching, praise the Lord in all things. Mm-hmm. And so uh, that started us on a short journey, a mm-hmm. very short journey. Uh, Tom was very, very ill. Uh, we were thankful for every minute we had with him. We spent the whole... Oh, last month, he, we had two months to fight. Wow. The doctors did not want to uh, to treat him. They said, you need to go home, get your affairs in order, and just enjoy your family. Mm-hmm. And Tom said, no. He said, I serve a risen Lord, and, you know, he's got me. And so, mm-hmm. Tom, we all believed for divine healing, mm-hmm. and he did receive it. We just didn't get it on this side of heaven, but we rejoice in knowing. So... Uh, by this time, all the children came in. Nicole and her family came in from Arkansas. Mm-hmm. Natalie moved back from Dallas. Tommy, Tommy had just come home from uh, Iraq, mm-hmm. and so he was there. And so we all went to the appointment with Doctor Shamba, MD Anderson, and we we were there in support of Tom to talk them into treating him. Mm-hmm. Because they had already said no. And so she said, you know, when I see this support and see your your faith in the Lord, uh, I don't have any choice. I have to treat you. And so Tom and my son led us in prayer Mm -hmm. of thanksgiving that, you know, and we were really ready and prepared as much as we could be. You don't know what the next day is going to bring, but we had hope. We we had hope the whole time. But the last so that was in um, June, mm-hmm. and so we were in and out of the hospital several times in June. But in July, our home was at meth. We were at Methodist right here in the Woodlands, mm-hmm. and before they had remodeled the the particular area we were in was. Uh, kind of closed off, and it was we were at that corner, the end of the hall, and they just wrapped us up. They cocooned us. Every nurse, every doctor, any soul that had anything to do with Tom and our family that came in loved us unconditionally, broke rules. Right. <laughs> and did so much to love on us. But they actually made that a hospice room, I, I, you know, and mm-hmm. they didn't make me go home. I went home one time during that the month of July. Mm-hmm. Well, the last day of July, the Lord promoted Tom. We had mm-hmm. two months to the day with Tom. Mm-hmm. During, those, during that last month, um, the first part of July— um, he lost his voice box. The mm. cancer had he was. They had to remove that, so they mm. put a trach in. Mm-hmm. I learned how to do a trach. I learned how to take care of that, <laughs> you know. But the uh, what that led us to was new forms of communication. Mm. So we had this chalkboard, you know, we'd communicate on. well then you'd have to erase it and start another conversation, and so. My children realized these were precious, precious times we need to cherish. Mm -hmm. So next day I had, to my surprise, 10 spiral notebooks (sighs) with several pens that someone had gifted us. There began our communication, a new form of communication. Tom was able to teach me some things because there again, he took up where my daddy left off. I was spoiled. I didn't, you know, when he said I could spend money, I'd go spend it. When he said tighten the buckle, then I tightened it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I didn't, I didn't concern myself about anything but doing, being the best mom I could be and and wife and Bible teacher, prayer partner, mm-hmm. and just he didn't. Concerned, he took care of the the things that probably I should have been doing,
0: Mm.
1: and uh, so he gave me instruction, Mm. he gave the children instructions. We had conversations that now are so cherished, Mm. and we don't, they're not wiped away, yeah, they're written in his hand, and then you know, we're responding back so. What a blessing! Mm-hmm. Wasn't God good to give yeah. us that? Because today uh, he'll be gone seventeen years this July, and it seems like it was yesterday. Mm-hmm. And some days it feels like it's been a long time.
0: Yeah,
1: but we have we have these treasures, you know, and I get to pass them as a legacy down to my. I have two wonderful grandsons. And then, Stephanie, you may not know it, but I have two great-grandchildren with a third one on the way. Wow. That's my Army grandson. (laughs) you know, they didn't ask me. They just, you know, and I keep a zip on it. You (laughs) want to have three children, you have them. (laughs) I'm just so proud of them. He's um, active military. In fact, he's going to be deploying shortly. Mm. But back again, let me get back on track. You asked me about. Tom, and I told you about me, to bring it to closure here. In 2003, the door was closed to go to the foreign mission field. Little did I know in 2005, God was going to need my husband. Mm. So he gained his heavenly home. Mm. And so I look back and I say, thank you, God. I don't have to understand it all, but I know you didn't have me on some foreign field.
0: Yeah,
1: And having to lose him without friends, family, loved ones around. And so the blessing of that is just so phenomenal. Yes. that You know, I just say, you know, we also have um, a phrase in our family that time started, way to go, God. <laughs> <laughs> and usually we would say that on some major good event that we were all excited about yeah. that we'd pray for. But in this particular, this a way to go, God. Because, yeah. you know, he, he encouraged us. He mm. gave it to us. <laughs> so, so, yes, to God be the glory.
0: Man, Kathy, yeah. I'm already a mess. <laughs> well,
1: I, I'm a hot mess, too. But and, I want to tell you, yeah. when you say Adadane, majestic Lord of the universe, and Elohim, all-powerful, oh, wonderful yeah. God, Emmanuel, He is there with us. And then I think about El Roha, he sees me amongst all these millions of people on this universe. He saw me, he cared enough mm. to take care of me during those dark days and deliver me from being mad and letting me see that there was a bigger plan in place. Mm. And so, okay, next question. <laughs> no, I <laughs> uh, mean, goodness.
0: Know, I mean, it's beautiful, the things that you're saying, like...
1: I'm, you know what? We call that liquid love at our house. (laughs) (laughs) You know, whenever God uh, touches our hearts and and the liquid love comes, it's just, it's beautiful to know that we have such tender hearts that we can dial in and hear that small voice. Mm -hmm. Or maybe it's not a small voice, but it's a quiet voice. He doesn't scream at us. And he touches our heart, and yeah. I just you know, I just cry tears of gratitude and thankfulness, mm. and it's just It's, okay. it's beautiful.
0: <laughs> oh, you know, that's that's so good. I don't think there's anything I can <laughs> I can add to that, but um, so, walk us through a little bit of the time after that. I mean,
1: okay, after that yeah. was kind of interesting because I was thinking, okay. <laughs>
0: Yeah,
1: this is different I've never you know I've either lived at home with mom and dad and of course they were promoted by then or I had Tom so Mm -hmm. okay I feel like I'm an orphan you know but I didn't know who I was I had always been either Kathy Reed or Mrs. Tom Gorman yeah and so I thought what does that look like and so I began to ask God to to show me. But then I thought, Oh my gosh, I have bills to pay. Mm. How do I? You know, where do I go? And I pulled out all these stacks of. Um, I mean, because I hadn't you know I hadn't paid any attention to my mail for two months, mm. and Tom had given me instructions on some things. But then I realized I didn't know what I needed to know. Mm. So I make an appointment with my bank, and two ladies, the most gentle, God sent ladies, tenderly walked me through every step Mm. of getting the checks and balances in order with my checkbook and what bills, how to pay, and what to do, and walked me through processes that most people know to do. But I, I, maybe I knew, but I couldn't, I couldn't function enough to process it because my my grief was deep. Mm -hmm. And um, I never was angry at God. I just dove in to finding promises that applied to whatever my need was. Mm -hmm. Out of that time was birthed my ministry of standing on the promises stephanie i grew up you know in the old-timey churches we had hymnals and i we one of my favorite songs was standing on the promises of christ my king mm-hmm. well i began to cut out promises mm-hmm. type them or write them out and type them in my shoes Oh, that's, and so i yeah. i do that to this day every shoe has a promise in it mm-hmm. and i put them in new every day this if you want to know this one here is, uh, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Mm. And this one here is Ephesians three twenty twenty one. 21. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than we ask or imagine. Mm. You know, so I just, there's a whole other story about that when I, learned to go to work after I became a widow. Yeah. I'll share that another day. But that's the that's when this ministry, and it is a ministry, but my prayer ministry, my necessary ministry, I couldn't lag on that. I had to mm-hmm. get back into that. So that time of grief drove me deeper into God. You know, I could have gone back the other way, which I am embarrassed. And sad to say, I kind of went negative the yeah. other way when I found out that, you know, we couldn't go on the mission field because of my health. Mm-hmm. But then I went through a period of kind of feeling guilty because I have I was surviving, I was fighting in a cancer fight, yeah. but I was still here and Tom only had two months. Yeah. But, you know, God that was again in God's hand. You know, his plan. Tom was always healthy, never was sick. So it was like I don't know how to be a nurse. He's always taking care of me. <laughs> so <laughs> let me learn this. Wow. So Anyway, so following that, then uh, I was working with Global Vendor, and they were so gracious and generous to me and and worked with me and kind of helped me work through some major decisions I had to make at that time and and supported me, and that was one of the saving things is that uh, I had that to go to. I had work to go to, Mm. and all through that process, during Tom's illness, Uh, And the new days, the years after that, faithful friends would come not only and just sit with me, Mm -hmm. maybe not have to say a word, but they just sat by me and just were there. And um, I remember my friend I grew up with, Catherine Ann, many days she would just show up. We just lived a couple of blocks from one another. I hadn't moved yet. Mm -hmm. And um, she would just come and she'd just sit with me because I couldn't Mm. process words
0: yeah
1: and during that time one of my precious daughters said you know I was reading and I found that when we can't find the verbiage to pray God sees our tears and he counts them as prayers Mm. and I found that to be so comforting that my children were ministering to me and teaching me Mm. and you know what What's a greater blessing, yeah. you know, than, you know, stuff I had taught them that I had forgot. Yeah. <laughs> so it was very beautiful. So that was a, it was a little bit of a, a, a challenge, but God got me through those dark days and held me tight, held me tight, gave me grace and mercy, uh, open doors that you would not believe. I mean, I had to move out of the house we had just moved into the 1st of May. So in August, I moved and moved into a a small apartment. And then uh, I thought, well, I'm just throwing money out the door. But, you know, my finances on paper, I look really awful. Mm. But with God, and He opened the door for me to purchase the townhouse I told you about earlier Mm. off of Mail, Tax mail. Yeah. Mm. And that was a miracle I never expected. Mm -hmm. You know, in fact, I wasn't going to go for it, but I had a a godly Christian real estate lady that was also a recent widow. Mm -hmm. That was a real surprise blessing that God allowed us to become friends, and not only friends, but prayer buddies. And we had so much in common. And she's one that would not be a typical person I would maybe think would be a really tight friend with. Yeah. And it was just amazing to see how God broke down those barriers. Mm. And I don't know where I am on your questions. I think I'm not sure. You're good. You're doing good. One thing kind of, my life kind of just rolls into one thing, you know, (laughs) from from one experience to another or one trauma to the next.
0: Well, yeah, I mean, in some ways, for sure. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, you— you have, as long as I've known you, you've always been somebody who's very positive and joyful. And um, I almost don't like the word positive because it sounds a little bit um, like, I don't know, it has kind of an, a connotation of just like, if you know, putting your mind in a certain place versus like joy that is deeply yes. rooted. Yes. And, um, and I definitely have seen you and, your family and, you know, Tom Mm -hmm. as people who have been always exhibiting this joy. So, um, when, when you're in those dark moments, even now, even when you're, when you go through hard things, what, what is like your go-to to sort of help you to, get your mind more aligned with the mind of Christ? My
1: go-to is always I hit my knees. I get yeah. on my knees, even when I don't want to, Stephanie. Mm-hmm. And I think by pushing through that, that's when God shows up and honors and shows me. He's. I mean, it's, it's amazing if we will just tune in and, you know, was that really you? You know, you know, because he doesn't scream at me. He just very softly and leads me and guides me into that direction, but. I I learned after my experience from 2003 that it wouldn't do me any good to have a hissy fit. Even though God knew what all I was going through, He was gracious and let me holler and scream. But I learned from that, that was not who I wanted to be. Mm. And I prayed against that. But now, that's not to say I don't still have days that are disappointing. But when those days come... My go to is hit my knees and ask God for his direction and I go straight to the Psalms because I cannot read. It doesn't take two or three Psalms before I am rejoicing mm. and praising the Lord because it's yeah. such those are songs that are so full of praise that right. they chase the blues away. And you know, I find that whenever God is really moving, Satan is coming at me even ten times harder wanting me, wanting to cast doubt or confusion. And, you know, I learned early on the author of confusion. So I just decided, you know, I cannot do that. I've got three children, grandchildren as well, Mm -hmm. that are looking to me. And I don't want, I want them to see the human real side of me that's hard and that I break and that I'm not superwoman. But I want them to see that where I find my solace and my peace is in him
0: that's so good that's awesome so um you, you mentioned your initial and then the remission with the cancer uh-huh. your initial diagnosis and the remission and then the reemergence of it uh-huh. so um you're even now you're still you're dealing with with cancer again yes. uh-huh. um, so tell tell me what's what's going on with you okay. now
1: um uh, when I, after uh after i became a widow and uh mm-hmm. Global Avenger Service Change direction. I went to work for the first time in corporate America, mm. and I was an old lady. But because of my maturity, mm. they gave me extended grace. I oh. mean, I mean, I don't know how in the world I got away with it, but God, they allowed me to pray. I had uh, scriptures on my, you know, tucked up on my little cubicle, and someone that knew about my verses I had in my shoes found a little uh shoe that said walking on the promises Mm -hmm. and and gifted that to me so that stayed on my desk so um what happened with that is I saw that they were willing to work with me and MD Anderson was like uh maybe 15 minutes tops Mm -hmm. uh because I worked at off of San Felipe and Post Oak. Okay, and so I would hop over, and I would go in the mornings maybe and have treatment, and then they would, uh, we would have a, a quiet room at the office. They would extend me that privilege if I needed to go in there at any time of the day mm-hmm. and rest. Maybe I would do it during my lunch hour. Yeah. I tried desperately not to take advantage of it, mm-hmm. but for some reason, they just gave me that. They That's let awesome. me pray with people. Mm. And now, uh, then when I asked permission if I could have a Bible study, they said we could not do it on our floor, but I could do it in the building mm-hmm. in the common areas. Okay, and so the uh, the uh, people that ran that office building uh, gave me a room off of the lobby. There was two rooms. They gave me a room, and my little Bible study grew from 5 to 15 in in a few short months. But it was a prayer time, Mm -hmm. and it was Bible study. Mm -hmm. So the grace that God extended to me there was phenomenal. And so they always kind of just— everybody looked at— I think that's why they let me work till I was 70. They were just so nice to me. (laughs) I mean, I knew I needed to retire, but uh, so— what I'm saying is that they allowed me to just magnify the Lord. Mm. And, you know, this This was just—I just retired uh, four years ago. So yeah. just that short of time ago, whenever they really discouraged anything like that, mm-hmm. I got away with it. And those young people were my children, my work children. Aww. And so— um, so working, you know, with and having treatment, I even had a precious friend that lived just three miles from my office that uh, they offered their pool home, their pool house to me. And there were several times I would, uh, if I had a late appointment after mm-hmm. work, I would go and have treatment, then I would go to their house that they offered to me, and I would spend the night and then only had three miles to go to be at the office. Mm -hmm. And so that was, you know, you just saw that God enabled me to continue. Mm -hmm. But I forgot what the question was. (laughs)
0: Was (laughs) No, just where you are currently with everything.
1: And so then I retired. And so then uh, I don't know how in the world I did all of that. God is only one that enabled me but God Mm -hmm. because as sick as I have been since I have retired, mm. there is no way I could lift my head and and go and mm-hmm. make it into the office. Yeah. There's been days that was that bad, and then in twenty, uh, I had the uh, had the other uh, mastectomy, mm-hmm. and then. Um, you know, went through all the treatment. And so last year, things were getting better, but we found the results of so much chemo and radiation had really played havoc with a couple of other organs. Mm. So they were very sick. And so we were able to freeze one tumor on my kidney and the liver we've been working on, getting it healthier. So that is why I choose not to be in treatment today. Mm -hmm. I am doing some infusions that help manage the pain. Okay. and help give me strength and a lot of vitamins. I don't know what else in the cocktail, but it cost a bunch of money. <laughs> <laughs> They're proud of it. But yeah. if it's working, yeah. so be it. And then diet change and a lot of things. And your mother is my go-to on that. She sends me recipes and tips on things that she does a lot of research on mm-hmm. that help me to, you know, because it's really been a whole lifestyle change mm-hmm. because so much is, you know, we're our body is, what we put in it, so right. trying to clean up the years of the devastation that chemo and radiation have done. So mm-hmm. that's really basically where I am today. But yet I'm so thankful because every day is a good day.
0: Mm-hmm. You
1: know, it may be a little bit slower moving, but it gets better. You know. And Stephanie, I have a promise, mm-hmm. and I'm going to tell you about three weeks ago, maybe month and a half ago, uh, I was sitting on my my little couch. And I know I was fellowshipping with God, my Bible study and my Psalms, and I felt, I'm scared to say it because I don't want you to think I'm crazy, but I really feel like I felt the presence of the Lord telling me, I have heard your prayers, I have seen your tears, I will heal you. Mm -hmm. That is actually a Bible study I did not long ago, 2 Kings 20, verse 5, Mm -hmm. when King Hezekiah was dying, Mm -hmm. and Isaiah had gone, and he had visited him, and he was on his way out. And the Lord told Isaiah to go back and tell Hezekiah, Mm -hmm. I have heard your prayers. I have seen your tears. I will add 15 years to your life. Mm. And so Hezekiah, I mean, Isaiah went back and told King Hezekiah that and gave him victory over some wars and another king. Well, I am not so bold as to say I heard God say he's going to give me 15 years. Mm -hmm. I have a peace in knowing that God's heard me, Mm -hmm. and I know I'm going to be healed. Whether or not it's this side of heaven or on the other side, I win. Yeah. And so that's a pretty good thing to have to hang yeah. on to. Yes. So that's another new anchor verse. And that one just got, I just feel like God revealed that to me. So, um, what I do a lot, because I am pretty much in the olden days, we used to call people that. Uh, couldn't get out and do a lot, shut-ins. Okay. And so in our little missions groups, we would go and visit the shut-ins. Mm-hmm. And so I'm not really termed as shut-in, but okay. I kind of feel like I am. Yeah. So I do a lot of Bible reading and study. But my gift is writing prayers to Scripture. Mm-hmm. And so that is the legacy, the living testament. I want my children my grandchildren and my great-grandchildren and future generations to have is to see the heart of this grandma that thought it was so important to pray that she would sacrifice whatever and she would gladly welcome being limited in what she could or could not do Mm -hmm. if it meant she could stay in God's Word and write, just Mm -hmm. write scripture, prayer, just take the scripture and make it into a prayer. That's beautiful. So that's my that's yeah. that's kind of where I am. <laughs> mm,
0: that's that's really good. Um, well, I I think you've you kind of hit on a lot of different things that um, I was hoping to get to. But um, before we kind of wrap up, is there anything else that you'd want to say? Any kind of encouragement for the people listening? Oh my or, goodness!
1: I yeah. just encourage anyone to know that uh, God knows. Every single thing. He ordained us to be born at the, the season that we were born into. Mm-hmm. And there is nothing that escapes Him. And if we will lean into Him, He will show us a way out of the darkness. He will raise up godly people to be His hands and feet mm-hmm. to minister yeah. to them. He will he will supernaturally bring people around you to love on you and mm-hmm. encourage you. I mean, when I was so sick, you know, I had meals delivered. I had people coming and I would get gift cards in the mail, which would also help pay for the parking, because, you know, I live on a widow's mic now, mm-hmm. and I'm thankful because I continually see God meeting every single, I don't, there's nothing I have a need of. Right. If there's some monks, you know, then I have to run and by, is this of God or not? <laughs> and then when you think about it, yeah. when you get to be my age and you've seen a lot of life, it's just, it's more about Just digging into Him and just rejoicing, but having that heart of gratitude. My heart is so thankful that He loves me enough to care about anything. He sees me. Mm -hmm. He's my Jehovah Rapha. He is my healer. Mm -hmm. Whether it's physical, mental, spiritual, whatever, it's just such a big, wide circle. Mm -hmm. And I just love learning His names. Mm-hmm. And, and applying them to how, you know, Jehovah Ra, He is my shepherd. He leads me. So each morning it's, you know, when my, my knees hit the ground to start my day, and some days it's hard because I'm getting kind of, it's kind of hard to get on my knees, but mm-hmm. my children got me some knee pads, which are really what they are, or the things that you use when you put your knees on when you're working in your uh-huh. garden. And so I'm trying to wear them out and just keep right. on bringing them to me because... <laughs> That's that's my heart. If you can pray through it, you can see yourself through it. God will get you through it.
0: Mm. Praise God. Hopefully, that
1: will encourage somebody. Well, you're not alone.
0: I I appreciate you taking the time out today, oh, I'm Kathy.
1: to be here and, and enjoyed um, it. Thank you.
0: Yes, yes, thank you. Kathy's story brought tears to my eyes. She is so genuine in her love of the Lord, and it comes through all of her story. I pray that her story was an encouragement to you as well. Thank you so much for listening today. If you enjoy the Faithful Podcast, please take a few moments and head over to Apple Podcasts, where you can leave me a rating and a review. Reviews help people find the podcast so that it can be a blessing to them. And while you're there, go ahead and hit the subscribe button so that you never miss an episode. You can find me on faithfulpodcast.podbean.com or on Instagram at faithfulpodcast. Have a great week and remember to stay faithful, friends.